2: but I would have been so happy if I was to pretend this. I have been smashing it. I mean, probably filled with false confidence and then come last. But I would have been, you know, I would have been going in thinking that it was all going to be amazing.
4: Hello everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Bake Down Podcast. Uh, We are broadcasting for 2023, series 14. It's crazy to think how long the Bake Off has been going. But here we are again, and we have Biscuit Week this week. And joining me again, as always, we have the lovely Howard, Dan and Jane as we talk through Biscuit Week. Now, guys, it's been quite, uh, we've said this before, it's been Cake Week, Biscuit Week and then usually Bread Week straight away so do we think Bread Week's coming next is it following that same pattern
2: yeah isn't it always week three I think it wasn't week three when Howard was in the tent
0: no that's for long
1: Jane it was wasn't it yes it was yeah it was definitely week three for me and it seems to have followed that pattern ever since so unless they're going completely off piste then um, it'll be Bread next week
4: fabulous Jane speaking of which it is biscuit week this week which means it is your next class Mm. for our fantastic mystery bake-along series so Jane can you talk us through what is going to be your second week biscuit week mystery bake-along class
1: yes I am going to I'm not going to do custard cream because as much as I love I'm sure we'll talk about it the buttercream that they're using um That might not be accessible to everybody around the world. And we don't all want to buy cutters, do we, for for something, especially if you're signing up at short notice. So I am doing marshmallow biscuits. I am going to do it based on a walnut whip. I don't know whether many people listening will know what a walnut whip is. I think they did one in the tent a few years ago, actually, not so very long ago. It used to be a lovely chocolate thing that looked a bit like a upside down cone or a pyramid and it had chocolate base it then had a walnut in it and a coffee flavored marshmallow ish stuff and then a walnut on the top and then they started removing the walnuts and now they've removed the walnut whips i think and so mine is going to have a walnut based shortbread it's going to have an optional coffee gel in there. But some people don't like coffee and that's fine. Some people won't necessarily be able to get the agar agar for that gel. So that would be optional. It'll just take a little bit of the sweetness off. But it's going to have a big walnut in it. It's then going to have a walnut and cinnamon flavoured marshmallow. It's not going in a mould because a lot of you guys won't have moulds. So we're going to do it all freehand. So it looks a little bit... little bit informal we're going to cover it in dark chocolate or milk chocolate dark chocolate makes it a little less sweet then we're going to put some crushed walnuts on the top and drizzle it with some white chocolate Um, absolutely delicious and your shot of sugar for probably about a week i would have thought (laughs) so lovely shortbread which you can just make generally because it's delicious Good egg-free, that which might make a lot of people happy. Egg-free marshmallow. I'm not doing an egg-based one. I noticed a lot of the bakers did, but there we go. We're going to be making some delicious marshmallowy biscuits.
2: That sounds very complicated, Jane. Are you going to get this done in less than
1: two hours? Oh, I shouldn't think so, do?
4: absolutely not so that sounds absolutely fantastic so if you want to come and join us for Jane's Great British Bake Off Mystery Bake Along Week 2 for Biscuit Week making some fantastic walnut whip inspired marshmallow biscuits you can join us on Sunday the 8th of October with the lovely Jane and myself and uh, we shall see you guys there Well, let's crack on because we have 11 bakers to get through and three challenges. So let's start off with our signature challenge, which this week, as we've sort of talked about, was to make 12 identical marshmallow biscuits. Now, these are biscuits either topped or filled with marshmallow. Uh, The shape, design and flavour was open to interpretation. We had two and a half hours to do this challenge. Now everybody basically seemed to split between a tea cake or a wagon wheel. Howard, which one would you have gone for?
0: Oh, do I have to choose? I, do, I, I wanted to do <laughs> something informal, like Jane.
4: Do something informal, then, Howard. Break the mould. Yeah. Well,
0: literally. Yeah. Um, no, I, I think. Oh, I think ages ago you asked me to do a wagon wheel, and I don't think I've done that recipe.
4: But Dan, but, you have done tea cakes before, haven't you? Yeah,
2: um, I love a bit of marshmallow. I love a marshmallow tea cake. And if you, I mean, obviously, as Jane said, people may not have the moulds on short notice, so we wouldn't really do that. But it's a great way to create a really uniform finish uh, with very little effort. Um, but another one you can do, and I've seen this is on tea cakes, where you can pipe the marshmallow. When it sets, you then just dip it into chocolate and you end up with... Uh, chocolate covering the marshmallow so there's very if you don't have all the equipment there's other ways you can do them and just a big excuse for a huge chunk of marshmallow and i don't think you can go wrong i think prue was very dismissive about yes, marshmallow yeah. i didn't like that i thought that was no. uh there must be a ism against marshmallow i don't know <laughs> um but it's it was very upsetting to me i think a delicious marshmallow can be absolutely wonderful wouldn't you agree jane oh i would absolutely
1: i love marshmallow and i love just ordinary big chunky marshmallows. They're delicious. I I love that sort of corn floury, cornstarch coating on them. Mm. Yes, I do like marshmallow a lot. We used to have ones called Snowballs, oh, yes. which were the biscuit, the marshmallow, covered in a milk chocolate and then dipped in toasted co- or coconut. Loved it because I love coconut. But one of the things that annoyed me this week, annoyed, mildly irritated maybe, is Paul said it's got to look shop made. What does that mean? And I thought, well, one, what does that mean? And two, isn't that the charm of home baking? Is that it looks beautiful and homemade and therefore isn't going to taste like a shop made one. I've never seen in an artisan bakery um, marshmallow cake, so I always think of the Tonax tea cakes, where they're just so factory-made, they're boring. So I don't think shop-made is necessarily a good part of the brief. Yes, I'm
2: ready to join you, Jane, on your lifelong mission to just sort of crap all over anything Paul Hollywood says. (laughs) I'm right (laughs) there with
1: you.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But no, I, I really don't like that either, because I think, you know, most of these shop-bought things have been made by robots in a factory, and why would we want something we made at home with love and our own time and attention to look hmm. like it was made by a robot? I think that's ridiculous. Um, uniform, absolutely. You want things to look uniform on the plate, but shop-bought, oh, I don't think so. No,
1: I, I agree. And I'm, I'm going to be nice to Paul this series. Oh, are we going to swap? Just to let you
2: Okay, all right.
0: Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going up to Scotland shortly, so I don't want to be attacked by people wielding tunics tea cake, so I'm going to do quite <laughs> when they do that. but, um, but yeah, I, I agree, and I also think that Prue was was wandering a little bit with this idea that it has to have something to offset the marshmallow, something citrusy or or whatever. Mm. I, I thought, no, actually, it can be chocolate. And, you know, a nice vanilla-y kind of flavour. So um, I I think, to be honest, I think Paul and Prue at that point were just looking for something to say, not always making a lot of sense. I think it's sometimes hard to find
2: anything to criticise about a chocolate-covered marshmallow. I mean, what could you possibly say? It's delicious as it is. Yes, here,
4: here, I agree. Well, that brings me to a point, actually, um, where Paul and Prue disagreed over Dana's tea cakes the she had cinnamon biscuit with a speculous buttercream and a vanilla marshmallow in that very fancy swirly mold paul said that the spice was too powerful and overwhelmed the marshmallow but then prue thinks that marshmallow tastes of so little that it should be overwhelmed so if you i noticed a lot of people just went for a vanilla marshmallow so hoping that the other flavors would then overtake that marshmallow flavor so do you, think that's, do you think that's right? It depends if you want marshmallow to be the hero in the middle or not.
2: The marshmallow is the majority of the cake, okay? So you want to taste the marshmallow. If I didn't want to taste marshmallow, I'd make something else. It's, I, just think it's a, I think that's absolute nonsense. I did think it was a mistake on Dana's behalf to use that mould, and that's exactly what I was talking about. You could just pipe a swirl of meringue, let it set, maybe chill it, and then dip it into melted chocolate and pull it back out again and if you do it like in a tall thin thing like a mug or something you can get you know deep chocolate without wasting tons of chocolate um and that would have been just as effective if not more beautiful and she wouldn't have broken the mold. so um it was it was a beautiful mold but i don't think she had enough time to set them uh, but no the marshmallow is the hero if you don't want to eat marshmallow eat something different nonsense
1: mm, I, I absolutely agree i did love the mold It made me think i've got some silicon individual bunt cake tins and i wonder Mm. whether that would be rather nice but again in two and a half hours you've not got enough time for that to set so poor old dana but they did look so pretty
2: they did And
1: piping marshmallow is not necessarily the easiest thing because if, if you pipe it before it's cool then it's a bit too runny and if you leave it a little bit longer then it's quite hard to get out of the nozzle as I found when I put some crushed um, walnuts in there, it's very hard to get it out of the mouth <laughs> if, if your bits are too big. So but <laughs> enough, of, enough of my problems. Howard, um, stop laughing.
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, there were lots of lovely flavours uh, we had going on. Uh, again, a lot of chocolate because of the, the coating around the outside of the marshmallow biscuit. But Howard, whose flavours really stood out for you?
0: Oh, well, we've we've already touched on Dana, haven't we? I thought they sounded lovely. Um, Oh, I did like the idea of Nicky's, to be honest. Mm. I thought that rhubarb Mm. and ginger, if only she'd put a bit more in there, would have been a lovely combination. Mm. Yeah, You stole my favourite one. Have I? (laughs)
2: Yeah.
4: Oh, Howard. (laughs)
2: I thought it was, was a shame because the flavours did sound so good. And as they sort of joked about many times, there just wasn't any jam in them. Uh, you know, it was, uh, that was where most of the flavour was. But I love Nicky. Can I just talk about Nikki for a second? Yeah. I don't know where that, accent. I mean, it was obviously a Scottish accent, but I don't know where in exactly in Scotland that it's from. I don't know if either of you two know, but she sounds just like the Crankies, doesn't she? That, um... <laughs> she doesn't. <laughs> she, she does. And uh, <laughs> I only noticed this week, last week it didn't, pop out to me, but yeah, she's got a really strong uh, Scottish accent. Where is that from? That's definitely a regional Scottish accent. She was born
4: in Dundee. She was born in Dundee. Right. Okay.
2: Maybe that's what that is. (laughs) Everyone's going, I don't
4: know where that is.
2: (laughs) It's an
1: adorable accent.
2: (laughs) And uh, I wonder if the Americans can understand anything she's saying.
1: (laughs) But I love her even more for all those reasons. But did you see her dogs? She has got two... Sable—that's the colouring when they're sort of sort of multicoloured spaniels—and they are called Haggis and Bracken. And oh, I love that. <laughs> so I have got two spaniels that are sable, called Minnie and Florence. Only I'm not sure mine are purebred. They don't look as beautiful as Nikki's. to be honest. We, we're we convinced that the mother sort of was a little generous with her favours and we got something that isn't purebred spaniel. Um, what a lovely love way this. to put it. <laughs> <laughs> i trying to be delicate. I'm trying to be delicate. Uh, so I particularly love her dogs as well, as well as the way she talks. I mean, I love the way she goes, oh, dearie me, and or something like that. And then she... Really, <laughs> It ran out a wee bit, <laughs> but Paul was crying. It's a beautiful she accent. It. It's so
2: cute, isn't it? It
1: really is. I love her to pieces. May she stay there. and She's totally not intimidated by Paul. I think it's hilarious. I love her. I love her.
2: Yeah, she's got a great attitude.
4: And just before we started recording, uh, Howard, we were talking about Nikki's fantastic collars uh, that she yes. has on her tops underneath.
0: They're getting bigger every week, aren't they? So I don't know whether next week uh, it's like... Yeah, she'll be able to take off with them, won't she? Like, Dumbo, <laughs> very that? impressive. Do you think she makes them herself? Well, oh, I, don't
4: know. I hope so. Yeah. I really maybe, hope so. Maybe. Maybe
0: it's like, you know
2: how, how um, Janusz wore a different colour of the rainbow flag every week? Oh, uh, yeah.
4: Maybe Nikki's
2: doing, she's in a, for a long game. Where was that um, comedy thing where the hat kept getting bigger every, every time the shot changed? And I think it's Naked Gun or something. I think it's going to be like that with her collars. just every week, just a larger collar until someone says something.
4: Well, she did uh, rather well, did Nikki? Well, I think she did rather well. Um, They kept going on about the lack of jam. And she did make a point of not putting too much on uh, when she really should have gone that little bit further. Uh, But she did very well. Now, what did we all think about Rowan's? Uh, because this was a uh, a tea cake. It was a lemon rosemary shortbread with sort of a palmer violet flavour marshmallow and a raspberry gel. So very floral, I'm thinking. Paul was not happy with the palmer violet taste, but he said it wasn't particularly strong, so he didn't mind. So what did we think about Rowan's? You
0: know, I, I mean, it's one of those things, I think we, we, there were a few of them where I think, well, I'm prepared not to knock it until I've tried it. So I think... Mm. I think um, yeah, it was, uh, I mean, Proof said it was perfect, didn't she? So mm. I think um, I, I think he had got that, that combination of flavours right. Um, unusual, but yeah, we like a bit of, well, I like a bit of unusual.
1: <laughs> Indeed, you do. Um, <laughs> I, I just think there was probably one too many flavours. You know, lemon, rosemary, palmer-violet. And raspberry, it just all just seemed a little bit too much for me. I used to like Palmer violets when I was a child, no, so I'm of that generation. But you know, I like how Howard. I'm not going to knock it till I try it. The combination might have worked beautifully. So yeah, looks fabulous.
2: Yeah, I think it would have worked well for me without the raspberry gel. But then, as you say, we don't know. We haven't tried it. Um, but I was a bit saddened in a way that Rowan sort of said, "Oh well, I'll cut back on the Palmer violet," because I just think, like, if you like something. Then you like it, you know, like before we go on the show, we all test the recipes, we make a few different versions, and then we try them on all our friends. And if you like something, I think it's a shame to, to not make it or, you know, because you think someone else may not like it. So, um, I, I don't know. I don't know. We never know how it would have worked out differently, of course, but I'm glad it went well, for Him, You know, when people, uh, amend a recipe on the fly, you do often think like, Oh God. Going to happen, um, but luckily he got a good result. But it is always dangerous territory, isn't it?
1: It is, but you know, we know that they don't like rose very much. We know they don't like well, I don't know, Paul doesn't like gherkins, does he? We know Mark. Oh, he is fussy. I know, Mary didn't like um, shredded coconut. Um, so I would always be tempted to leave them out, you know, if you're making them for somebody to judge. Leave out the things that they don't like. I totally agree with you, Dan. You know, be your own person. But it's a bit like doing anything for a client. You know, if you're designing something or doing whatever, you have to go towards their tastes. So perhaps people ought to just be a little bit mindful of that. Maybe. Well, I'm a parent
2: of young children, so my attitude is: you'll get what you're given. That's how I... <laughs> <laughs> What's for dinner? Dinner
4: is for dinner, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, segueing quite naturally onto Dan's Bake there, um, he said this was a wagon wheel that was very much inspired by his son's uh, favourite flavours and the only things he will eat, which was uh, peanut butter, banana and chocolate. Uh, and I'm pretty sure we had that last week. I think Dana's dog cake was, uh, was banana and peanut butter. So this is a, a popular flavour combination Um, But something the judges didn't seem to like, uh, but they said technically and texture wise, it was very spot on.
2: I don't know. I mean, like banana, chocolate, peanut butter. It sounds like a protein smoothie. I'm not really into it. I've got to be honest. But, you know, each to their own. And sure, those are kid friendly flavours. But um, I thought they looked great, actually. And uh, I've made a wagon wheel in the tent before. I came, did I come third or fourth in that, fourth in that technical, I think. Um, so I can make a wagon wheel. Um, and, uh, they're quite tricky to make. I'll tell you that. So, uh, fair play to him. I think I would have stuck with the tea cake. What would you have done, Jane? Oh, would you have done what you were doing in your class?
1: I would have. No, no I would have because it, it would have had to have been identical and all that. I think I would have gone for a mould. Mm. Um, I was going to go for a mould for, for our class that looks more like a sort of chocolate finger. Again, I didn't use a mould because uh, not everybody can have one. So I, I would have gone for a mould, I think, because it just makes them look so, so neat. And that's mm. what they want. And then you can just decorate the top. But I I love banana and peanut butter. If I've come back and I've sort of missed lunch but don't want to eat too much because dinner is looming, I'll have banana and peanut butter and it's sort of sweet and a little bit salty, a little bit savoury. I really enjoy it. So I personally would have really enjoyed Dan's wagon wheels. I I don't know what's wrong with peanut butter and banana and then chocolate on the top. Did you pick Dan to win?
0: Was he your choice?
1: Oh, hang on, I've written a list so we don't forget. Yes.
0: Oh, I see. Got, you can't change that list just because you've got it, Jay.
3: No, no, no. no. <laughs> hang
1: on. look, here it is. I've got it all written down. So on the back of last week's notes. So, um, no. So um, I'll be able to tell you when um, your winners... Howard, you've picked down... We've all picked down in our final, final yeah, three, but yeah. I picked him as my winner. Uh, but there we go. Anyway, He's I singing like his
2: praises to sing today. This. Yeah, no, they, it did look great. It did look great. i
1: just... Kidding. I thought they all looked great. I mean, I'd was you know like who, who's looked great
2: in a different way that I wasn't expecting? Because you know when someone fulfills the brief in a way that just isn't what you thought of at all or even considered? And that was Matty. Now, yeah. Matty, I thought, he flew under oh, the radar quite a lot last week. Yeah. Um, but this week, he made something really interesting. And I, I, I sort of had him pegged as an early out last week. And this week, I'm like, oh, actually, I think that boy's got some good ideas.
0: I think he could do really well.
1: Yeah, but Tasha did something similar to him. Who? Ta- Tasha,
0: oh yeah, Tasha with. Tasha, goodness. Tasha did something.
1: <laughs> How much coffee have you had to drink? Um, Four. Tasha- oh, all right, there we go. That <laughs> explains it. Uh, um, Tasha did something similar: to nice chunky biscuits with marshmallow in the middle, and sort of, um, sort of, sort of some chocolate on, and then a drizzle. They were both very, very similar, weren't they? I thought. Um. Uh, so, yes, I would agree. I like the idea. Of, um Isn't when does orange jam become marmalade? I don't know.
2: It's just um, the, the the bitterness of the peel, isn't it? Because is when you make naval orange with the naval oranges, it's quite sweet. It's when you make it with Seville oranges, it's very oh, bitter. Okay, but
1: anyway,
2: I don't do, know if they, there may be a technical difference. I don't know.
1: No, uh, I don't know either. But I thought, I, I must sort of just go to Tasha and jump in the gun, probably. Mm. Um, I thought that, did you think the handshake was warranted? I don't know. I mean, listen. Yes. No, I'm not
2: taking anything away from Tasha. I'm sure it was absolutely lovely. Was it a surprise? Actually, yeah, it kind of was. But then we don't taste them, as you like to say every time, Jane, oh, like, we don't yeah, taste don't them. Taste Maybe them. they were incredible. But I um, I was a little surprised, yeah.
1: Did she have, she didn't have the jam or the sharpness thing in there? Or did I miss that?
0: No.
4: Uh, so, no, it just seemed to be the a malted chocolate shortbread with a malted marshmallow, and then a caramelized white chocolate ganache drizzle. But that's how I've always known wagon wheels to be. Never any jam in them, just biscuit, yeah. marshmallow, biscuit. Yeah. No, really? no jam. Oh yeah, oh, I've jam. never had jam ones when I was little.
2: The jam. There was a jam version and a non-jam version. Oh, jam sure. Ones yeah. Were blue. I've
4: never had. I've never had the jam ones.
2: Do you know what I think? I'm I, I'm against in terms of Tasha. They were half covered in chocolate. And to me, listen—it's kind of beautiful. But we, anyone who's tried to cover a sandwich biscuit in chocolate knows that half the skill is getting the whole thing to look evenly coated. Oh, just yes. dip it, just dipping half of the biscuit in and lifting it back out again is very easy to do. Any anyone with a pair of hands can do it. Trying to get it evenly coated is crazy difficult. So I think, although it looks pretty, it, she, she kind of cheated the difficult Uh-oh. bit. Her, yes, a... she did. She did.
1: She I thought <laughs> was very sensible.
0: I thought they looked lovely, and um,
1: they they did. But she no, she I,
0: I think <laughs> I think this week, I think we saw a couple of examples, and I think that was one. And I think when we get onto the showstopper, it's uh, it's Josh, of people doing really, really sensible things, hmm. and if they if they take a sensible approach to the task. I don't think we can really call it cheating.
2: No, we no absolutely I know. <laughs> but I think they sidestepped they sidestepped a very difficult task um and sort of made it a bit easier for themselves in the process. And I think that was a
1: measured decision. Isn't that what we say you should
4: always do? <laughs> yes. It's called being sensible. It's called being sensible. This is something that we always talk about, you three always talk about, especially early on in the bake-off. Take those sensible markers, you know, don't go bonkersly crazy and make your dog because it's precious to you no don't do that make a lobster because it's flat and it's small and you don't have to stack the cake so you, you three are always <laughs> talking about that so dan
2: are you suggesting faced, how dare you <laughs> are you suggesting that i'm taking a hard line on tasha now just because i picked her in my initial winner and then dropped her is that what you're saying
4: um i couldn't possibly comment dan i couldn't possibly <laughs> comment uh, i just think dan you're a
1: fickle <laughs> Fickle thing. <laughs> Me, you you, you said <laughs> how lovely Josh's it was. And could, who did you pick? Oh, yes, look, Josh. I did it. pick Josh.
2: <laughs> we'll get on to Josh later. I have plenty to say about that.
4: Let's continue with uh, the lovely Signature Bakes. Josh, Josh did really well, I think, with his beautiful little black forest tea cakes with a cherry biscuit black forest jam vanilla marshmallow uh the comments there was neat as a pin identical spot on and the sweet tart balance was really good so i think josh sort of flew under the radar a bit there tasha's handshake sort of masked um how well josh did there i think maybe
2: i thought the decoration was nice uh i didn't think it was amazingly uniform the tea cakes themselves were quite uniform the cherries were a little bit um all over the place but I think he was blown out of the water by some other, pe- other people who decorated their stuff really beautifully. And I think that's maybe why he wasn't noticed so much. Um, can I just say, is it Christy who did the little white chocolate with the yeah. roses? Yes. They were stunning. And anyone yeah. um, who tempers chocolate knows the white chocolate is the hardest one to temper, the most temperamental, it's the softest. She made a rod for her own back. And I thought hers are going to be awful. And they came out amazing. So I think, Christy, I don't think she got enough praise for what she did. I thought hers were stunning, absolutely stunning.
1: Oh, I think though, so. White chocolate with marshmallow. Sweet, yeah. So mm. just made, it, they were beautiful. And I loved the little bit of rose decoration where she painted it on the mould. Lovely. And, and everything you said about tempering white chocolate has to be really good quality white chocolate to temper it. Um, but I just thought, oh, golly, that's going to be sweet. That's my Don't opinion. hurt your teeth. Yeah. It really?
4: Well, if I had any left, it would be. Um, <laughs> Possibly, <laughs> hence the comment about uh, more berry flavour being needed, just mm. that sharpness to cut through mm. the sweetness of maybe. the marshmallow and white chocolate.
2: Yeah. Maybe. Mm. Did she have raspberries in it or was it, what was it the... mixed, berry. mixed it's, berry? It just
1: said
2: mixed berry. Yeah. There's a reason they're typically paired with a raspberry jam because it is lovely and sweet, but it is very sharp as well. Mm. So that that is a good balance. Also, can I ask you just a very quick question about Tasha? She said, "Like a multi drink. Is that Horlicks? Is it Ovaltine? What, what drink? Yeah, more it's like Milo. Ovaltine called, called Milo. Or, yeah, is it Milo? Maybe yeah. Horlicks or something like that.
4: One of those
1: malted drinks.
4: Yeah, it's, it's it's a very specific brand. It's called Milo. I've I've seen it in the in the shops and I've never actually known what it is." Uh, it's in a little green
0: tin. Yeah. Oh, I've seen that. Okay. Uh, yeah. It was interesting because picking up on what Jane said earlier about trying to kind of play to the judges' tastes, I mean, I don't know whether uh, uh, Tasha would have known that Milo was a favourite of Prue, but it turned out that it was, wasn't mm. it? it? took her back to her Ooh. childhood. So. Mm. Interesting.
4: I don't think Prue knew you could get it in the UK. No. Like I used to see it in, the, in my local but, supermarket, like yeah, all the but, time. But she
0: gets people to do her shopping for her, doesn't ah, it? Yes, of, of course. course. <laughs> <laughs> well, well just, but Prue, Prue has a stage show, so
2: you know maybe she's been going along and taking notes or something. Who knows?
4: <laughs> ah, you see, uh, now two people we haven't mentioned are Abby and Saku I'm Keith. I'm Keith. and oh, Keith. Keith and Keith and so Keith and Keith. We need to talk about Keith. I assumed you were saving the best (laughs) till last. (laughs) We shall talk about Keith. uh, But Abby did a lovely tea cake, a pistachio shortbread saffron marshmallow, an orange curd. Now, they were a bit messy, uh, but I think Prue said they were quite exciting. Possibly a bit too much orange and a bit more finesse needed. So not particularly bad, but maybe not particularly Hmm. stellar, that one. This is where
2: I take issue. Like, they say I take issue with sometimes they say things are neat and they say some things are messy. And sometimes I completely disagree. I don't see it. I thought abbeys weren't, like, perfectly uniform, but I thought messy was a little harsh. I
0: thought they were all
1: right, didn't you? Yeah, maybe it was... I, I.
0: I just thought too many rose petals on top. I thought that it, it, they were just a little bit kind of... A bit extra. yeah. Just pare it back a little, bit, a little bit, I think. But I, I thought the uh, flavours were really interesting.
1: Uh, I like the idea of the pistachio around the outside. Maybe the pistachio ought to have been like, chopped a little finer to make it a little bit neater. And lovely Tom, who is in my series, uh, when we went to Candice's wedding, he made, and we, we all did the cake table for the wedding, mm. um, and he made Financier which were lovely, and he put rose petals on, but he didn't, um, they were mini financiers, he didn't um, put those big bits of rose petal on, which I feel is just like eating a bit of cardboard or paper, quite honestly, they they don't add anything, do they? He um, blitzed them in a food processor, so they were rose dust. Mm. Oh, it looked so pretty, and you didn't have all that, oh God, I'm eating dry leaves in my mouth, which was, I thought, ingenious, and a lovely lovely little tip if you want to use it on a, a cake is blitz them to a fine powder um, they're, they're really nice
2: i might use that i i bought some rose petals actually and i bought you know it was 100 grams or something and uh, it turns out the 100 grams of rose petals is actually quite a lot yes. so uh yeah. i could open a soap factory with the amount that i've got uh-huh. in my pantry
0: or <laughs>
4: well, blitz
1: them they look very pretty
4: hmm. Let's talk very quickly then about uh, Saku and then we'll move on to Keith. Uh, Saku did a a, quite a different shape. She did uh, the more oblong. I've written fancy wagon wheels here. And again, I just wonder, Dan, if you thought she'd cheated a, a bit or if you thought she'd done really quite a sensible thing of making them oblong and making them not wagon wheels. So when they're not coated in chocolate. It Dan, Dan's not okay. going to be
0: the, the judge of cheating for the whole series is it? <laughs> <laughs> I thought they were lovely
1: oh. <laughs> oh
4: did you oh did you oh very <laughs>
1: anti-Tasha comments earlier then because Sally will not want any chocolate on hers
2: <laughs> I've just widened you up listen um i would have personally liked to see them completely covered And i tell you why i care about that because when we made wagon wheels in a technical people who didn't cover the sides got a lot of jip for it like paul was very upset at them and it was it is hard to cover the sides and to cover them, fill them with marshmallow and cover them it's difficult to do so it's good to see somebody execute a skill well that is hard to do is it a smart decision yeah maybe maybe it is a smart decision i get it and they looked you know perfectly lovely but it's just uh you know i will not apologise for my strong opinions on these matters. Go on, Jane, you're itching to chastise me. Go no, on.
1: No, I'm not at all. I mean, I'm going to go with a positive for completely covering in chocolate. Now, I completely understand why they didn't in the tent, and I think it was a very good decision given the time constraints. But the one thing covering them in chocolate does is keeps them fresher for longer. Mm. So mm. 12 biscuits, you know, they, they absorb some moisture. When I was testing out mine, I made... Cinnamon and with an apple, almost like an apple jam. Um, but the moisture came out of the apple jam into my biscuit. But the ones that I then coated completely in chocolate stayed remarkably crisp, uh, interestingly. So, covering them in chocolate, you're not going to eat 12 of those biscuits in one go. So, unless you're having a party, cover them in chocolate because they'll still be perfectly fine sort of two, three days later. Whereas they might not be if you didn't cover them completely in chocolate.
2: Ah, uh, well. They wouldn't last very long in my house. I'm sure they'd all just get eaten. But yes, it's a good tip. It does uh, keep keep uh, the air out, as it yeah. were.
4: So Keith, Keith, yes, <laughs> we do Keith! need to talk hey! about Keith. Keith. Poor Keith? Yeah, yeah <laughs> a bit of a disaster, Keith, didn't he? I don't know what was happening with the syrup for his marshmallow, but it just was not coming to temp at all. But then he did seem, it did seem to work in the end, but then he just didn't have time to finish it and it looked really messy, but apparently it was delicious. So what did you think of Keith's? Well, I,
1: just, I, wouldn't, I don't care about his bake, frankly. <laughs> it was perfectly fine. I just loved the idea that he used to do stand-up. Yeah. Which I thought, <laughs> I thought, a more unlikely candidate for stand-up, I don't think I could have come across. But then when Alison kept on about, go on then, what would be your opening joke? What would be your opening joke? And then the timer went off. And um, she said, oh, what's that timer for? And he said, that's time for the interview to end. And I thought that was... Yeah. quick i yeah. really liked that um, yeah. so his bake it was fine it did look a bit messy it was just sort of peanut and gel jam and things so not much to say about it that we haven't said about everybody else but stand up yeah. oh my goodness i hope he relaxes and we can get to see him do something funny i think it'd mm. be hilarious yeah still waters run deep um what can i do ju-
0: this is another one of those things where i'm gonna have to admit my ignorance But what is a peanut butter ganache? So uh, Keith had got some, and also Dan had got some. So is it literally chocolate ganache with peanut butter added to it? I would imagine so. I can't
1: imagine what else it would be. I don't
0: know what peanut butter ganache is. That
1: would be Mm. thick, wouldn't it? it? If I do chocolate orange ganache, it's just because I've added orange to it. So I'm guessing it's just peanut butter. Smooth peanut butter, I'm guessing. I've never made that. I don't know. No. Oh, mm. I'd like
2: it chunky, chunky bit then
4: mm. I'm allergic to peanuts
1: <laughs> yeah, <I can't>. <laughs> <laughs> You sounded like Homer Simpson there mm. Mm. chunky Oh, quite a lot of people do it You know, Google it, there's an awful lot of people that do it So,
4: yeah I really feel I'm missing out with peanut butter I'm allergic to peanuts, so I've never oh, had it Oh, bad luck,
1: I love oh, it I know,
4: it, it, it gets, gets featured a lot, I feel like I'm missing out
2: I love it It's fine, it's not one of the flavours I'd <laughs> If I could go, you know, my whole life without it, it wouldn't be the end of the world, you know. Just before
1: we move on to the next session's bit, Alison and Noel, I think their chemistry is amazing, Mm, actually. You know, the the last couple (laughs) of presenters, I've felt at times it's a little bit forced. It doesn't feel it with them. I love the way in this challenge she's fanning herself and Noel says, oh, I thought you were my biggest fan or something along those lines. didn't really write it down. And then she bursts into laughter. It was such a wonderful, natural, unscripted moment. I think she is going to be absolutely fantastic. That's why I think think, think I'm a
2: huge fan. I think she's absolutely great. And I think she she creates the humour, but without really making it too much about herself. Do you know what I mean? She just sort of is in the moment making fun, and I think that's got to be great for everyone. And you, as you say, Noel, very, very natural with her. There's no mm. no sort of hint of, you know, with with others, people, it, the, they were obviously staged bits, and I don't feel that. I feel that most of the interactions they're choosing to show us are just them
0: genuinely having fun,
2: mm. and I think that's lovely. I agree. I
0: think I, I, think, they, I think this picks up on something Jane said last week, where I think you said it had been edited really well. We got to know the bakers, we got to see what they were doing, you know under uh, and i think what they've done is they've taken out some of those kind of set comedy pieces that they had at the beginning of each um bake or part way through time calls and what have you and just speeded things up a little mm. bit so i think mm. it works works a lot better
4: i agree absolutely i think the program is better for it i really mm. really I do. do too mm-hmm. absolutely
1: now so, someone who
2: did amuse me this week was Saku she said I cannot remember what it was now but I remember watching this and she had the sassiest comment what did she say was it to Noel or something
4: I think in the, um, in the showstopper she was getting oh, really was stressed and she wasn't getting or, or maybe it was in the technical she wasn't finishing she was really struggling and Noel just came up to her and said are you alright and she went no can I do anything <laughs> no do you want to get on my shoulders and she went no He's like, okay, oh, <laughs> yeah, I've just left. Yeah, He's yeah. like, yes, put him in his place. I <laughs> couldn't oh, remember exactly what it was.
2: Story. But <laughs> yeah, I this, just this, thought week two is very early to be telling the host to get lost. I just thought it was quite funny. <laughs>
4: So leaving this signature challenge behind where I think everybody did reasonably well, it was a few front runners, but, you know, still pretty good overall. Nobody had an absolute disaster. Even poor Keith. (laughs) Um, Even Keith's disaster biscuits that didn't look brilliant still tasted wonderful. So absolutely fine. So let's move on to our technical challenge, which was 12 custard creams, uh, identical custard creams. For those of you who uh, aren't maybe aware of what custard creams are, maybe those of you in the States who don't know what custard creams are, they are basically just lovely vanilla-y biscuits sandwiched together, a little bit like a golden Oreo, but in, a, in an oblong and that's basically it. They're quite good classic biscuits. And that's what we had to do. And I have
2: made these.
4: And you have made these, Dan.
2: Yes. with it, I bought the cutters. You know, there's a set for jammy dodgers and bourbons and custard creams.
4: And I bought the set of Party for eggs. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've got them too. Yeah. So I, I have
2: actually made custard creams with the sort of official, I guess, custard cream recipe. Um, so I would have, I would have been so happy if I was in the tent for this. I've been smashing it, I mean, probably filled with false confidence and then come last, but I would have been, you know, I would have been going in thinking that it was all going to be amazing. I thought this was a great challenge.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I think they, it's interesting to see they had so much trouble cutting out that dough. That dough needed to be really chilled for them to get that sharp.
2: Possibly frozen, yeah.
1: Possibly frozen, and um, we all know that it's very hard working with a sticky dough, so yeah, they, that was where they most of them fell down and making sure, as we have of course all know that so your biscuits don't spread and therefore lose definition you need to get those chilled down before you bake them you know they only had an hour and a half i'm sure they were all panicking which is why they did it so i I did feel sorry for them and some of them did look a bit of a mess to be honest but it's it's all about the chilling all about chilling and lovely buttercream it's french meringue buttercream and I think we've talked about it in previous series, all the different buttercreams and things, but French meringue buttercream is using the egg yolks as opposed to the whites. So you whisk up the egg yolks and the sugar in the way that you would the egg whites and the sugar. Obviously, you don't get anywhere near the same volume. So that it's uh, it's a bit like when you're whisking up for a Genoese sponge or something like that. Anyway, you egg yolks, no egg whites. And then you pour in your sugar syrup you don't get much you don't get much volume yes so it's a lovely way of using up egg yolks if you've got to ice a whole cake you'll need a lot of egg yolks i wouldn't recommend that but for, for biscuits absolutely delicious
0: I, f- I feel awful now because when I've made custard creams I've done it with an ordinary buttercream with a bit of custard powder in I'm sure that
1: tastes delicious that wouldn't <laughs> be <laughs> much of a technical challenge though would it really
0: no when we d- I think we did this uh, as, a, as a class about three years ago now yes. and we did fig rolls at the same time oh, did you do it? so yes. fig rolls and custard creams yeah. so that's why the custard creams didn't take quite as long to yeah. do it's okay, Howard. I you don't have to it.
4: justify your recipe. It was I lovely. It's fine. <laughs> I, <laughs>
2: it's fine, Howard. I seem to remember making a custard and then mixing it with butter, but that would be a creme musseline. I don't know. I have, can we look up this recipe and find out how they made them? We'll
0: have to. We'll have to pull that one up. And um, was, was it was it a French recipe? I've I've got the new I've got the new Bake Off book coming tomorrow. Oh, oh really? So, next yeah, time. So I, well, we're hopeful on? that it will have some of those recipes that we've been questioning
1: mm. Tesco's, Tesco's just put custard powder in their yeah. ordinary American buttercream filling
2: Oh,
1: well there you go um, what, do, what do the BBC say? Oh, they've got them in the shape of dinosaurs, I think they're in the shape of dinosaurs in this picture. Um, That's not
2: custard cream
1: Oh no, they've just the BBC have just got icing sugar and butter, they don't even have vanilla in theirs. <laughs> oh, what? Yeah. Um, no, they don't. Oh, no. So, ignore, ignore the BBC no. one, folks. Um, <laughs> oh, hang on. What does Mary Berry do? She makes a custard. Does she? Oh, I don't know. I've just lost lost the link. Oh, no, that's her proper custard. That's custard and not.
4: I'm sure this makes for very, very interesting listening. Yeah. Anyway,
1: sorry, everybody. Yeah, right. um, anyway, I... sorry. <laughs> We're bakers. Leave us alone. Yeah. This is interesting to us. It is. Um, anyway, there we go. Custard powder. Uh, they just made it a little bit more technical by making a, a a French meringue mm. buttercream, if that's what it's called. But there we go, French buttercream. Maybe it's called a French buttercream. There we go, but delicious that.
4: indeed. And it did make it very technical because I think was it was it Keith who really struggled with his. Um, egg yolks and then putting the syrup in too early so there is Mm. a lot of Mm. technique to doing Mm. this buttercream so i I think it was absolutely the right choice for the technical but howard something i think we have to come to you about is uh we did have a bit of a dough gate situation we almost (laughs) had another custard gate didn't we very our 2.0 i know yeah i
2: know yeah yeah
4: where I think, is it Christy used Rowan's dough and had already rolled it out by the time Rowan had noticed? Oh,
2: yeah, but God. only rolled it out. That's fine. Yeah. She yeah. didn't take okay. it. She did all the work for him. Thank you, Christy. Thanks for the help. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah.
4: And I think this was mentioned in the, um, uh, Rowan's biscuit was uh, a bit thick and uh, Christy's biscuit would had very little definition and not rolled out very well. So Christy had clearly done a pretty good job on Rowan's, giving it to him, yeah. and then Christy had run out of time, so had done a rubbish job on hers, bless her. Yeah. So it must be so easy to do that. I'm surprised it doesn't happen more often, especially in technicals.
2: Oh, I disagree. I I mean, everyone's different, but I know exactly where I have put the thing in the fridge. And, like, and it's if it's either you put it in the top or the bottom, I don't know how you would forget I really don't. I mean, I'm not suggesting anyone's doing it on purpose, but it does surprise me that it's happened more than once.
0: I think that you also develop an affinity with your own bakes, don't you? You can tell how you've wrapped it or, or yeah. There's something There's something that you sort of instinctively know that's mine. Yeah, mm. <laughs> Like the way you fold the cling film up or something, yeah. you can just tell yeah. Cling yeah. film?
1: Cling film? What cling film? Sorry. We don't use cling film here
0: uh, I it was, think they, was, did, didn't they? It was regrettable yeah. no, Thank <laughs> really. you I think the other thing that they people struggled with though as well moving swiftly on is mm-hmm. baking time I think quite a few had slightly underbaked, have not mm. they? So although you don't want um, a great deal of color if any color to the custard cream it has to be baked through because otherwise it's got that yeah. slightly cakey quality to it
2: i think when you buy biscuits from a packet
0: they very often have like
2: no color on them at all so mm. i think it's very tempting the second you see that ring of color to think oh no they're overdone and, and, and whip them out especially when it's a very pale biscuit but, yeah, if you don't have a little bit of colour, you're never going to get the snap, are you? No, no.
1: No, but low and slow. You can do them low and slow, actually.
2: But would that not risk losing definition?
1: Uh, How int- do- I don't know. It's really interesting because when – oh, this is, this is probably giving away secrets now. So just, <sighs> am I going to wreck my um, NDA? When I was doing one of my uh, auditions, we had to make some shortbread and take it up. We were given a very specific ingredient list and then make them. And I tried them at one hundred and sixty. I then tried them at a lower temperature, and uh, uh, you know, I tried them all different temperatures to try and get them right. God, I'd never made so many shortbread biscuits in my life. But as long as you chill them down really, really well, they don't Mm. seem to spread. Or she could—they could have got them halfway through, which means they would have set the outside. And then drop the temperature down to make sure they just dried out that little bit. Dried out sounds horrible, but so they were baked through, so they were crisp. So I think it was just, again, panic. Oh, they looked they looked done, so therefore they must be done. You know, I don't like over making things, but you do sometimes do need to bake them a little bit more than you think.
2: Yeah, there was a lot of panic in that tent, though, wasn't there? There was a lot of. I think so. Pullings, mm. floppy pastry out of moulds. It was uh, all a little bit terrifying. Mm. And if, the thing is, when things start to go wrong in the tent, you just sort of flap and panic even more and make everything worse, don't you? Well, I do yeah. anyway. So, um, yeah, I did. I did feel for them. And it was but some of them managed to turn out some some pretty good biscuits, pretty, pretty uniform.
4: Can I just say something that really bothered me and it has no bearing on bake or anything? It was just something that really bothered me. I don't know who it was, but somebody had put a tray of biscuits into the oven. And instead of the biscuits being lined up like one, two, three, four, like that. They were just all over the place. Like they'd just been thrown on the tray.
3: Oh.
4: And it just really annoyed me. And it has nothing to do with bake. I'm sure it's absolutely fine. But it was just, why would you not stack the biscuits neatly when you put them on the tray to the we'll, oven? I,
0: I know what we'll do. You know, when we do a class in future, we will ask you before we put things in the oven, whether it meets your your uh-huh. uh, criteria or... That's you, that's I,
4: I think it's important that you do. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> well, to be honest,
2: the only reason I stack things neatly is so that you can keep count of how many you've done and so that you can fit the maximum on the baking tray. Yeah. Exactly.
4: You know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know who it was, so we, we cannot name the perpetrator. Um But uh, let's move on to the judging of this technical things that were being picked up a lot was the unevenness of the biscuits, the definition of the design, which is a surprisingly fancy design when you have a close look at it. If you just Google custard cream, you can see how swirly all the little edges are Um, filling, I think, as well was something that needed to be looked at as well as we've just spoken about colour and snappiness of the biscuit. So, down there in 11th place was Keith. Now, he's, his comments were messy, uneven, no definition, and like rubber. So, I think he really struggled with his filling there. Uh, Saku was 10th, very uneven biscuits. A big bunch in the middle who did reasonably well. Christy was 9th, Tasha was 8th, uh, Dana was 7th, Josh was 6th, Matty was 5th, Nikki was 4th. Rowan was third, Uh, Dan was second, he did really, really well, but only just pipping him was Abby, um, who had good definition, equal colour, very well-baked, very crispy, and very, very good, and I think at one point somebody said, even better than shop-bought, so you can't get higher praise than that.
2: Well yes but in fairness i think if you, it's what you'd expect yeah if you, i mean if you're not going to make them better than what you buy in the shop then what's the point um that's the reason we make them we don't make them just to make a slightly inferior product for something you can buy for half the price <laughs> we, we make them to be better uh you know they're more delicious they're more buttery like that's why we make them um but yeah they did they did look pretty great i have to say they did look pretty great
4: abby's did look fantastic there So going in to the showstopper challenge again things looking reasonably even Keith looking like he's going to be down at the bottom there maybe Saku as well not doing so well uh, but I think definitely Dan, Tasha, Abby, Josh maybe reasonably up to the top but it could be anybody's game. Now before we go into our Showstopper challenge. We have some questions from our lovely listeners. Please do send in your questions, guys. If you uh, agree or even disagree with something we've said in the podcast, we're more than happy to discuss it. If you have any questions for our bakers or things you want to say about the bake-off in general, please do get in touch. Now, we have a question here from Stephanie in East London. Hello, Stephanie. Stephanie says, Hi, guys. I'm a big fan of the bake-down and I'm so happy it's back for another year along with the bake-off. Uh, We are as well, Stephanie. Um, I'd like to know how many requests for bakes do you get for things like weddings and birthdays? And do you actually enjoy doing them? Who wants to start off with that?
2: Yeah, I'll start off. Um, So yes, I do enjoy them. um, But sometimes when they come up, it's all a bit of a panic. Uh, You know, last week I had to make a cake for uh, coffee morning and it's sort of a big cake and i only realized with the day to spare that i'd agreed to make it Uh, i do like to put myself into a bit of a blind panic with this sort of stuff but no it's part of the reason i love baking in the first place is making things to give to other people although i do find with the if someone's paying me to make a cake i don't really like that obviously it's nice to be compensated for my um the time and the ingredients but at the same time i feel like their expectations will be higher and that fills me with a little bit of trepidation I see nodding from the other two. What do you say, Howard?
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I I got a lot of requests, certainly shortly after I'd been on Bake Off, and you think, really, you want me to do your wedding cake? Uh, so it's it's the kind of expectation that people have, right? But uh, and I always thought I want to do something that is so beautiful that proves that I'm a better baker than perhaps sometimes I came across in the tent. So then, regardless of how much you get paid for it, you are spending hours and hours and days and days perfecting this wonderful thing. And in the end, you think, it's not really worth it, is it? (laughs) Yeah, exactly the same. As long as you're happy with it, that's fine. (laughs)
3: Uh,
1: I, I agree with... Both actually, and I always used to say, "I will only do cakes for friends or for charity because it is very very difficult to you can work out what the ingredients costs are um, which always shocks me actually when I sit down and work out what the ingredients costs are yeah, but putting your time in there and your time to think about it, your time to shop plus the nervous energy I mean you you can't put a price on that, but what I was finding is people were coming up to me and asking me to do a cake that I didn't even know who they were. I don't do it for a I don't make cakes for a living. And, and they they barely, barely spoke to me most of the time. They were sort of nodding acquaintances. And then they would take me to one side and ask me if I would make a cake, almost expecting me to do it for nothing. Mm. And in the end, and it's taken me however many years, three four years, to turn around and say either no mm. or... Actually, this is what it'll cost and putting in a couple of days time and then people can choose to do it or they choose not to. Because I don't know about you guys, we don't earn loads and loads of money. Um, uh, You know, we do work for a living and... To I, I really don't mind doing it for friends or for charity at all. I'm willingly donate my time and my ingredients and all that. But when somebody I don't know expects it for nothing, I've now at long last learned to say no. Yeah, I'll do your cake for you, and it will cost you this. Yeah, or and, and if they then say oh that's rather a lot of money. You go, well, you know, wait for them. That's what it costs. You know, why should I spend my time doing it for somebody that, who normally doesn't even say hello to me? So
2: mm. I've had to it say. before where people are like, can you make me a cake to feed 25 children? I'll give you 50 quid for it. And I'm like, are you joking? Mm. A cake to feed 25 kids for 50 quid, that's not going to happen. You know, and if you want to buy that kind of cake for that kind of price, go to Tesco, go to somewhere that mass produces mm. cakes, but it's, if you want a bespoke designed cake, it's at least hundred quid before we even start talking about what you want. You know, mm. and I think pe- people don't don't understand how much time and effort goes into making a cake. So yes, I do love it, but a cake baker I am not. And when people come to me and ask you to make them a cake, almost like. Uh, they're doing me a favor by giving mm. me work, and I'm like, "You're not doing me a favor here. Like I'm doing you the favor. Let's get it right, you know."
0: <laughs> yeah, because that's what we do, isn't it? We we generally kind of wander on the streets, just looking for someone who will ask us to make a cake. <laughs> oh, yeah, <please. laughs> <We're> so
4: desperate. <laughs> Well, I'm definitely going to think twice before I ask any of you to make my 30th birthday cake next year. Yeah. Oh, so. Oh, Sarah, we all, not only
0: will we
1: make it, we we'll send going
4: to eat it with you as well. Yeah. We Yay, yeah, so we, that's one each, we, yeah? You're all going to yeah. make yeah. one,
2: yeah? Sure. So yes. no, f- friends are okay. Friends are fine. And also a friend will never turn around to you and be like, oh, it wasn't quite what I expected or, you know, anything like that. Mm. So friends are fine. But just if, if, we're, if we're not friends... You're not doing me a favor by asking me to make your cake, I promise you.
4: Mm, totally agree. Right. Well, thank you very much, Stephanie, for your question and it's everybody Stephanie
0: wants us to make her <laughs> <I don't
4: laughs> know. Do you
1: think that was what the angle was? was she <laughs> Probably not now after that. <laughs> no, no. <laughs>
4: Oh goodness mate well thank you very much Stephanie for your question and uh, anybody else who wants to send us a question you can contact us on social media we are at baker the legend on all of our platforms or you can email the bake down at baker and so we move on to our showstopper challenge uh, where this time we had uh, an illusion biscuit display depicting your favourite meal. Now that, again, I'm really enjoying the fact that they're leaving the briefs really open and then you can make whatever you want, however you want. This was like the like the animal cakes last week. Um, but we're still leaving lots of room for people to bake something quite spectacular. And we've had very spectacular things the past two weeks with these um, illusion cakes and illusion biscuits. So this was a four-hour challenge That seems like a long time, but it's probably really, really not, No, (laughs) considering how many different types of biscuits and decorations everybody had to do. So what did we think of this challenge? Do we think it was a good one? What stood out?
2: Yes, I did think it was a good challenge. Um, I thought it left lots of creativity open to the bakers to choose something that they were comfortable with, and I thought there was a Quite a good variety of biscuits. There were lots of people obviously making shortbreads which is three ingredients. You know, that's a nice, quick, easy biscuit to make. But there were also the Florentines and Twills. There were people who uh, elected to do sort of interesting and different biscuits, and I thought it really showed their creativity. There was such a wide uh, range of uh, of things that people produced. Although we did discover just how popular charcuterie and cheese boards are, didn't we? We mm. did. <laughs>
4: I would just like to say for the record that Christie's Parma Ham looked exactly like Parma Ham. It did not look yes. like bacon. It was perfect. As soon as she saw way. it, it looked just like Parma Ham. It was spot on. Everyone was like, it looks like bacon. Don't listen to them, Christy. It was beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. It was.
2: And of course it's pork. <laughs> of course it's the same thing. But no, I thought you were going to say cheese board isn't a meal. Like that's just a snack, right? That's not really a meal. Is that That was my problem with that.
4: You, it Am depends how much cheese you're having on the cheese board. I could easily make oh. a meal out of cheese. I'm sure Howard can as well.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Howard's oh, like, okay. yes, I I'm can. in the minority. Okay, fine.
4: I thought it was a
1: brilliant challenge because although it was fancy and all the lovely things that we like to see in a showstopper, because we do like it to be fancy, don't we? Everything I think we could have made at home, we yeah. may not have chosen to because who's going to eat that many biscuits in one go? But I just thought it was—I thought it was fantastic. I, I loved it. I'm not sure what I would have done. Charcuterie, a charcuterie I'm sure, um, was a was a great choice because it gave you a way of showing all sorts of different skills. And biscuits. I mean, that were it's a couple of we didn't mention. There were some very very mini mackerel. and there were some um, biscotti, which actually I probably wouldn't have made, although I make biscotti all the time. It's just it takes so blooming long to bake because you've got one bit of baking and then you let it cool and then you chop it up and then you bake it for a bit more and then you flip it over and then you bake it a bit more. I wouldn't have chosen the biscotti, although a couple of them did. Um, made a very good katsu chicken biscotti, didn't it, from Tasha. Oh, a great challenge, a brilliant challenge, and I think they all did pretty well, actually, didn't you? Yeah. I love the painted bowl from Tasha. I thought the painted bowl from Tasha was just beautiful.
2: I like the uh, steamed bun basket as well, the uh, dumpling mm-hmm. baskets. That was great. Abby's. Well, I
1: I'm not sure I liked the end of it in the end, but. Um,
2: wow, brutal. But, uh,
1: well, just no, but I thought as an illusion, it was
2: quite very effective, and really? I liked all the little dumplings. I thought there was a great deal of variety. It reminded me of. Um, was it Jan made an illusion cake and it was like a bowl of ramen or something? Yeah, like something was, like that. Yeah.
1: She did, didn't she? That was beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: There were sort of mm-hmm. lots of different... It, they had lots of different colours and stuff. Um, but I did like the people who made sort of those inventive shapes without using just a load of fondant as well. And I think, obviously, we'll get on to uh, Josh, I'm sure, in due time. But his was it was quite something, I thought. Um, I thought that was, yeah. it was absolutely stunning,
1: wasn't
4: it? I think you've got to pick which way you want to go with an illusion cake because... I think there are some that looked exactly like they they would have done in real life. Like, I think Abby's looked exactly like a steamer, exactly like dumplings. And those things themselves aren't particularly pretty to look at, but it did look exactly like it. Mm. But then you go to somebody else's, like Dana's, for example, the Mm -hmm. pizza. It was lovely, but it was a bit cartoony. But that's the point. So which way do you go? Do you go hyper-realistic or do you go slightly cartoony? Um, so I just wonder if that's why Abby's didn't maybe look the prettiest, but it was very realistic in that sense.
2: I think the cartoony style is definitely nice. I, um, But, uh, you know, like we particularly enjoyed Nikki's Beaver last week, didn't yeah. we? Yeah. Um, <laughs>
4: it's just been never going to get old, Just it? <laughs> <laughs> It's
2: never going to get old. <laughs> um, but no, the... The pizza thing, though, she just made a mistake. I don't know why she made it two layers deep. If she'd have made it one layer deep, it would have looked like a sort of a deep pan pizza, but it it just looked like a cake. It was so tall. I don't quite know why she did that. The so big hard. roll around the edge that was inspired. Mm. Mm. The, that the, was... Cheese oh, yeah. the cheese pole. I love the cheese
1: pull.
2: I did you? So I think Dana's got some great ideas. She's got some great ideas. Yeah,
1: I agree.
0: I think the one I didn't quite get, I have to say, was saku's because there were there seemed to be an awful lot of different flavors on there. We've got Ooh. we literally had everything from sweet to savory, didn't we? And uh, sort of onions and
1: actual onions.
0: Yes. Yeah, what was that
2: about? <laughs> but it's actually onions babe like <laughs> <laughs> yes
1: yeah, she didn't look happy about that did she and no. I don't know whether she was joking or just really stressed but if she had gone really to me in that way I would have been really quite cross I think I, I just didn't i didn't like that I, no I didn't like it at all um, I think
2: she was under pressure I think
1: yeah. yeah maybe I don't know it just made it made me think oh I've just written not sure that's nice exclamation mark there we go not Ooh, that nice yeah.
2: one thing I didn't understand about hers now listen I wasn't paying the closest attention but she was making some kind of Sri Lankan breakfast plate is that mm, what it was yes, yes, yes indeed and and some of the things like, like was she had the egg in the middle of a uh, what well, just looked like a biscuit been wrapped around the i was like what is this
4: now i had a look at this because i didn't know what they were and it's called a hopper um and it looks very th- it's like very thin pastry like almost like painted around the inside of a frying pan right a bit like walker pastry or brick pastry and then there's a um, an egg in the middle and i had a look at some pictures and it does look quite accurate as to what it is oh, okay. okay okay but yes it was i think possibly maybe just because they weren't immediately recognisable, to my Western eyes anyway. And just
2: not very beautiful. Yeah. Um, mm. So I just wasn't particularly inspired by Saku's, but, um, you know, I think the flavours were okay. So it just wasn't, it didn't jump out at me in the way that some other people's did.
4: And is this something to think about when you're doing something like this? Is it more important to do something that's iconically recognisable, like a burger? And I'm not saying a Sri Lankan breakfast isn't, rec- isn't recognisable, but something like a burger is is very iconic so it's yeah. half the work done for you if you pick something like a burger because people say oh yes it's a burger they don't have to work to work out what it is even though it might be more personal to you mm. would something like a burger or fish and chips or something be more iconic to a british audience potentially
0: i think the other thing about a burger is it's round and i think that's why josh was so very very clever because actually, he could create these very individual round biscuits that look like slices of tomato, that look like burgers, that look like burger buns. The tomatoes? And yeah. Tomatoes. Oh, my Spires. God. Is that they were so paint? beautiful.
2: Yeah.
4: Stunning. They were. Stunning. They were beautiful. And yes, Jane, you're absolutely right. It was like a sugar biscuit outline. And then in the middle, he put crushed up boiled sweets oh. So it had like a window pane effect when you held it up. Really clever. Oh,
1: really I bow
4: down idea. to that. That was just How my blowing. How did you get the curve on the bun at the top?
1: I think he
2: just rounded the cookie. I
0: did
4: think he that just
2: was, it the the
0: cookie, was Yeah, it the, to... the interesting thing is, it doesn't need to have a huge curve, does it? No. Because actually, it's only half a bun. We think of burger buns as being quite deep. But actually, mm. if you're only doing half a burger bun, just needs a gentle curve. Gentle. I thought
1: yeah. it was looks
0: like a burger.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, but it was amazing and they were obviously the edit can be cruel sometimes. And when they were sort of comparing Josh's tomato slices to Keith's tomato slices, <laughs> yeah. you were like there's definitely uh there's definitely a one that is a little superior maybe than the other. But I I did feel for Keith because uh, I think I feel like Keith the feedback that he's got generally is that his flavors are great but maybe he's not the most artistic in terms of the presentation. And the thing is, when you eat someone else's food, it's about what it tastes like at the end of the day, isn't mm. it? It's got to taste good. That's what really, really uh, matters.
1: Yes, it does. But we are judging a television show, and the only way we can judge it is on the visual effects. And that is true. I, d- I didn't think Keith looked bad, to be perfectly honest. And I was very it wasn't terrible. His. No, no, I didn't okay. think so. And I thought the idea of toil tu- tu- i can never say that word—crisps um, for your Pringles was a great idea. Um, <laughs>
2: I, I, oh, I didn't sweet. think he did a bad job. Bless him. No. But... The Pringles were. And it's. Uh, I have. One of the ladies I have coffee with every morning is a French woman. And every time I say tweel, she's like,
1: tweel,
2: tweel. <laughs> I don't think I'll ever get my head around it. <laughs> uh,
4: we had a couple of pies as well. We had a steak mm. pie from Nikki, which, again, I think is a really smart thing to do because you've got a lot of good structure. Oh. You know, you're making a pie crust out of biscuit. I think that's quite a. A smart thing to do. I'm not sure. I think the illusion looked good. I think they enjoyed the illusion. Um, The chips were a bit thin, but the chocolate biscuits or steak pieces were very good. But the gingerbread was a bit thick. Um, But Dan's pie, cheese and onion pie, I mean, he had gingerbread plate, shortbread pastry, pistachio shortbread onions, orange curd cheese sauce, shortbread peas and vanilla biscuit chips, which is boggling my mind. They said it was beautiful, uh, slightly overdone chips, but a delicious pie and a triumph. Mm. It's a really nice pie there. Yeah, Mm.
1: looks great. Yeah, it it did good. Did good. That's not very good English, is it? He did did good. The boy, the boy did good. (laughs) The boy (laughs) did good. No, I thought they all did pretty well. Actually, who did? Who have we talked about? Um, no, we've said three really? charcuterie they boards. Mentioned
0: Rowan, have
1: it. we not mentioned Rowan? Rowan did a charcuterie. We should, as well, yeah. Really, I suppose
4: we should mention Rowan. I think his uh, his illusion wasn't the best. It did take a little bit of work to work out what all the pieces were. The gingerbread crackers looked really good. But again, there was a bit soft with all the fondant on top. And I guess that's something else you've got to think about. You know, it's it's more artistic to mould um, an almond sugar cookie into a dome to make a bun. You don't have to add, then add fondant onto the top of everything. Mm. Um, mm. But all his flavours were really good and he's done well with flavours all the way through. Oh.
2: I think the thing with Rowan is that um, we've all been there in the tent, Well, maybe not Jane. Jane, we made it all to the way to the finals. We famously mm. know, but you'll often <laughs> um, you'll look, you'll be doing a challenge, and you'll look round, and you suddenly realise that you kind of missed a trick with the brief, or you've yes. like not interpreted it the same way as everyone else. And I think Rowan probably had a look round the ten, and he thought, "Ooh, I have slightly misunderstood here," and he'd sort of like put royal icing on cookies and not realising that he could have done things like what Josh did and just making the burger top or, you know, the, the mm-hmm. rolled fondant um, to make the, the uh, marzipan, rather, to make the parma ham. I think he just sort of looked around the tent and thought, oh, no, I've missed a trick. And I think it was a bit unfortunate that other people had done the charcuterie as well, because in comparison, his looked a little basic. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, the flavours, I think, were there, but it just, it's one of those challenges where you look at everyone else and you just think, oh, I, I, I hope I'll just be safe, you know. You realize you're not in line to win anymore,
1: you know. But some of them did a lot of different biscuits. And uh, Tasha, whose bowl I mentioned earlier, which I thought was so pretty, the way she painted it, looked lovely. I'm not sure she did many types of biscuits. She had a matcha Viennese cup. She had the I can never pronounce it, but whatever she made the bowl out of, and then she did some biscotti. So I don't think she made as many different types of biscuits, maybe as some of the others. And again, we, we do tend to throw the kitchen sink at our bakes when we've been given the brief. And maybe she was very sensibly paired back as well that gave her the time to paint her bowl. Because I don't think they said how many different types of biscuits. You could have just had one type of biscuit in there unless... We're missing a bit of the brief, which is always possible. True.
0: Um, okay. I thought Matty did well, didn't he? He did yeah. put all sorts into it. His little... His little Macaron? Grapes. and Yes, yeah.
4: his cheese was fantastic. It was oh, a it coconut was. lime camembert, a cranberry... Lots of shortbread, which is nice and, nice and solid. Cranberry pistachio shortbread brie. Um, Garibaldi crackers... I wasn't convinced about the macaron grapes because they, they looked—they didn't look like grapes. The colours no. were lovely, but they were split in half and then filled back together. And it looked like two halves of grapes that had been put back together. So I was, yes. Some were some supposed
0: there. to be olives as well, I think, weren't they? Oh, these were supposed to be olives grapes. as well? Okay. Yeah, so but right. they looked a bit
2: identical.
4: I appreciate the skill.
2: But I think that was more about Matty trying to show off a skill yes. than it you know, yes. yeah which he obviously did. He did. You know, macaron are notoriously tricky to do, and it was brave of him to do it. And I think he pulled them off well enough. But yeah, I agree. They didn't really fit the illusion maybe, but I'm sure he just wanted to show off some technique because, uh, well, that's what we want people to know. In the said, it's like, we are, I am a good baker. Look, I can do
0: all these things. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, so I understand. Yeah. Please <laughs> ask me to make a cake. <laughs> <laughs>
4: So, after a pretty strong showstopper and actually a really good biscuit week overall for everybody, there were no major, major disasters... Unfortunately, we do have to say goodbye to somebody, as is always the way, on Bake Off. But let's talk about a star baker first. Now, we all thought it was going to be Josh, at least I did, with that amazing showstopper with the fantastic burger. But it was Tasha was second week star baker for Biscuit Week. Um, She had a really, really good week overall, and uh, she was convinced it was going to be Josh as well, so... Uh, Jane, what do you think? Is that a well-deserved star baker for Tasha?
1: I I think it really was uh, well deserved. I must admit, I was in two minds whether it was going to be Josh or Tasha, but she had a pretty good um, signature, didn't she? Um, I can't remember where she came in the uh, technical, but you know, I just loved her painted bowl and that biscotti looked. Amazing. So she was very she was brilliant. She kept it quite simple, didn't she? She didn't do half a dozen different types of biscuits. She kept it simple and executed it beautifully. And we always say that's the trick to going forward each week is to keep it relatively simple, execute it beautifully, make it look stunning, and make it taste really good. And she seemed to just get everything right. So yeah, well done, Tasha.
4: Absolutely. And, of course, we have to say goodbye to somebody. And, unfortunately, Dan, after all your lovely comments about him last week and that he's such a character, we have to say goodbye to Keith. Amos last week, Keith this week. I can't cope with this. They're all too nice. This makes me so unhappy. Poor Keith. Yeah. No, I think no, I was very sad because we,
1: we do there stand out people. And when we start watching for the podcast, it's really difficult to get our head around all the different new names. and. The, you know, Keith and Amos both stood out right from the start as wonderful characters. and We've lost two of our fabulous characters. There's nothing against the other 10. They're all delightful, but... Oh, I was beginning to really love Keith, and I was looking forward to his stand-up. So, yes, uh, I know, not, no more. Stand-up. Not to be seen, sadly. Not to be seen. So it's always sad to see them go so early. Yeah. Bye, Keith.
4: You did so well. Oh gosh, it feels really personal. I don't oh, know why. It And if you are all starting to really crave some biscuits after listening to this, as I know I am, then you will be absolutely delighted to know that we have Jane's Great British Bake Off Mystery Bake Along class for week two for Biscuit Week on Sunday the 8th of October, where you'll be baking another fabulous British biscuit classic, uh, A Take on the Walnut Whip so do come along to that Sunday the 8th of October mark it in your diaries hopefully we will see some of you there Howard, Jane and Dan thank you so much for joining me today uh, to chat about biscuit week and we will see you all next week bye bye guys Bye.
2: bye bye